Hello, this is Peter. Howdy, howdy. Norm's here, too. I just rushed home, put on episode four, because we just saw Rogue One, a Star Wars story. That we did. We are here. We and are here. Yeah. We had some some trouble getting here too again, right? Eh, software issues. Well, software issues, and I was talking about the snow. Oh yeah, we had some snow. First, first real snow for the winter. It barely snow. It was just a nasty, slushy mess. Yeah. Well, when it comes to when it comes to any any of that stuff, it's uh, it's always shocking when it first happens. Kind of throws everyone for a loop, because yeah. you kind of go ten months without thinking about it, and then it's you true. get two inches, and all all hell breaks loose. Mm-hmm. Well, if I'd have had the trailblazer, I'd have been a little bit more inclined, but that one's never been in the snow. Yeah, so I'm a yeah. little uh, a little cautious. <laughs> yeah, so still got to make payments on that one. <laughs> yeah, so we're uh, we're here to talk about. This little movie, this little independent movie that came out. Oh, yeah, real independent. <laughs> low budget, low budget movie, $200 million budgeted movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Were, were you aware? Drops oh, in a bucket. Yeah. Were you aware Were you aware of the budget for this when, when you saw it? Uh, yeah, no. You know that they had more money than in the past, but not, yeah, it's, not a direct figure. So you go $200 million for Rogue One. You add... Potentially another one hundred million for the marketing push, right? And you have three hundred million dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie's on track right now. The projection for the the Thursday to Saturday is one fifty. Okay. And it had a you know pretty pretty strong Friday, pretty strong Thursday. Oh, I know there were a couple people on my Facebook that were like, "It's even better the second time. Third time's great, guys." I'm yeah. Like, Damn. Yeah, and that damn, and that is what Star Wars does. Yeah, okay, true. So yeah, I, I thought we would maybe discuss. I would run just some basic Star Wars um, figures by you, just to kind of crystallize what this franchise is. Uh, just because I think a lot of people, when they come into movies, they they kind of forget that it's a business. Oh yeah. And not that I think it helps make movies any better or worse, but for some reason when a movie is surrounded by bad business and it becomes like kind of like a little bit of a follow, you know, has a following, gets a little cult-ish, mm-hmm. get, gains momentum, it's a great thing. Right. When a movie is surrounded by a giant multinational corporation comes in a little underneath the, you know, like underneath expectations. It's a disaster. Right. John Carter of Mars, everybody. John Carter of Mars is one of the prime modern day examples. Right. Of this. I think that might be Disney's biggest flop, like to date. Uh, yeah. When uh, like budget maybe, versus gross wise. Yeah. Perhaps with um, it's hard sometimes to 
you have to come in with inflation mm-hmm. to really be accurate, right? And it's it's a little tough sometimes because you, that's an additional line of data that you have to kind of research. Makes but, sense. But I would say even just out of hope, since Disney was with that franchise for I th- roughly seventy years, mm-hmm. they were with that franchise going back to the animation days. Okay. That, uh, yeah. You know, like, it, it was almost like a spiritual crushing moment for, for that studio. Um, you know, but, right, they they tried. Yeah. I think that movie is a solid effort. I think that movie needed more. Mm-hmm. Like oh, it, definitely. It, needed, it really did need to, to have a sequel. It wasn't as horrendous. As it just yeah. didn't make any money. <laughs> it just, it's uh, boring, but it's not... Horrendous. So we have Rogue One moving towards one one fifty. Definitely going to make its money back, be right. be profitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still can get real traction too overseas. Right. Okay. Even though it's it's been overseas for a little bit now, um, the current world worldwide is one oh seven. Okay. Okay. So we have a thirty million opening, and. I thought I would run through what some of the other openings were that mattered. Okay. Starting with the Phantom Menace. I I had trouble digging this up for some reason. Yeah. Because here's here's the thing. A lot of of the sites and a lot of these data collectors um, started to gain relevance after Phantom Menace. It makes sense. Because it was such a – that was such a – it was one of those movies that – was supposed to shatter everything, and that's kind of started the fascination with box office numbers. Okay. So that's an unintended consequence, which I think is a positive one oh, from yeah. a movie that's really hyped. Okay, an industry almost, you know, like these websites employ, some of them employ, you know, 30 to 40 people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it kind of creates a little cottage industry within Hollywood analytics and Hollywood news, and it's great. Yeah, like oh, yeah. a few hundred people right now have jobs collecting, crunching, and spitting out movie data. Okay. Living the dream. <laughs> so, Phantom Menace looks like it did 12 million on Thursday. Okay, now this is back when there were true midnight showings. Right. 1201. Mm hmm. maybe two screens. Yep. Okay. Theaters were not shutting down and going to a 12 o'clock showing on all screens. Right. Like they do now. Mm-hmm. Now they don't even do 12. Now it's 7. Yeah. On Thursday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we go face forward a few years. The industry changes. Expectations. People know what the audience wants. We have 30 million for Attack of the Clones. Okay. And I do remember both of these movies. Attack of the Clones was a huge, huge jump. Mm-hmm. Um, the theater was cleaned out. Every single screen was Attack of the Clones, yep. and they were rolling at twelve. I think, I think the one was like like eleven fifty eight. They had okay for whatever reason, okay. And that's that's, and then we jumped to Revenge of the Sith, the most hyped, the most expected of the three, right? Because. Of what people knew, like where the story was going to go, what it was all going to happen. Built to this, yeah, this is the last gap to fill in. So, huge anticipation. Very, I think this had the best marketing campaign 
and marketing, uh, like the branding and the approach of one, two, and three. Oh yeah. Uh, everything was red. Everything was lava. Mm-hmm. Everything was Vader. Uh, I remember Mountain Dew coming out with like a Vader soda. Like a Vader flavor that was grape. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think they still have now. It might be called Mountain Dew Black. I want to say it's pitch black, yeah. Yeah, but they carried that over into their normal lineup. Okay. Uh, I also remember, they might, uh, just side note, I think for Lay's Potato Chips for Attack of the Clones, they had pickle, dill pickle, Yoda potato chips. Okay. Which have now become a staple. Okay, and I just always thought those were good. I just wanted to throw that in there. I just remember Phantom Menace coming out and buying bag after bag after bag of Lay's because they had them on there. Yeah, and you got the little card. I remember I got a Darth Maul phone that's still sitting in a box. It's a little Darth Maul flip phone that has to plug into the wall, but I have it. Do do you (laughs) remember the Pepsi soda? That was episode one. No. Yeah, they. I think they had 22, it was 20, 22 cans. Okay. Each one had a black and white picture, uh, you know, like full can. Uh-huh. Not as sophisticated as, like, um, there were some Fantastic Four ones and Batman vs. Superman ones that were, like, just awesome. Because really? they were, like, the, it was full. I got the Avengers ones. I got the full set of those. Okay, yeah, and it's, it's, it's just full, full process printing, full shading. This is, again, this is, early, like, you know, like, talk about Star Wars. Like, Star Wars innovates entire media spheres. Yep, yep. Okay. I remember Pizza Hut had Frisbees for episode one that yeah. were rubber. They had, the the boxes had Darth Sidious on them. They the also had the, the character toppers. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you go to any flea market right now, oh, you yeah. will find Jar Jar. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> cup toppers. Mm-hmm. So, Pepsi had these black and white, okay, like, slapped onto the side of the can. Uh, you know, canes of soda. And they are still being sold. They're still being traded. They're still, you know, you can buy them on eBay. So, again, you know, like you can thank Star Wars for that promotion, that type of expectation, that that, that type of... You know how many cans of Diet Dr. Pepper I had to get to find Hawkeye? Yeah, <laughs> to find Hawkeye. So, he was a bitch, man. Hawkeye was hard to find. Uh, so we have Revenge of the Sith at 50 million. Now we have, we go forward a couple years, we get to Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. And, which was, you know, as we're sitting down, roughly one year ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Force Awakens comes in at 57 million. Right. Which is staggering. Right. Well, at, at this point, that's the highest grossing domestic film of all time now, right? Uh, not that I know. No? I'm pretty sure Avatar is still number one. Oh, I thought I heard Star Wars took it. No, nah, Avatar is number one by far. Okay. Yeah, it's got to be. Avatar had a high, higher ticket price of rain. Like, you know, Avatar was number one for, I think, almost two straight months. Damn IMAX. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that people were engaged... That movie did capture the imagination, despite people saying, like, we're sick of it. We want the sequels, this and that. And I'm like, don't sleep on James Cameron. Do not sleep on this guy. Eh, I can take it or leave it. This guy has every single thing he touches is, you know, like, is he's he's one of his true, true Hollywood geniuses. Oh, just ju- just yeah. when it comes to the film process, he's not obsessed with marketing like Lucas is, but... 
So, and then we get to Rogue One at 29 million. So, yeah, like it's, I think Rogue One for what, what people knew about it, I think, I think 30, 29 million is very strong from a familiar franchise, but roughly with characters, no one knows right. a plot that is, you know, you had to explain it. Mm-hmm. A marketing that didn't really highlight the plot. That just, it was almost based on imagery. Yeah. Okay. And so let's just jump to Worldwide Box Office, starting with Phantom Menace. Worldwide Phantom Menace, $1 billion. Okay. Now we have Attack of the Clones. People were so upset about Phantom Menace, Attack of, I, I, I do remember Attack of the Clones not having like hype or juice. Uh, there was no real excitement for Attack of the Clones, but it still pulled in. Six fifty six million. Six. Well, that that one right there should have been our first Star Wars movie. It should have never had to get the Rogue. You spend two hours out of two and a half hours of Attack of the Clones, the big Clone Wars opening, yeah. with him dicking around on a planet with Padme. Well, Stop the madness. Well, it's that it's it's a re, it's a odd detective story, and it really is another one that has it doesn't have a discernible focus. Um, you know, Phantom Menace is really tough sometimes because there's no focal character in Phantom right. Menace. Right. Uh, Attack of the Clones is almost the plot version of that, where it doesn't have a real discernible focal plot. Like, the, the plot's not in focus. Side note. Yeah. Gone with the Wind, number one highest grossing film of all time. Well, you're talking with inflation. With inflation. Number two, Avatar. Number three, Star Wars. Number four, Titanic. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there you go. You still can't beat Gone with the Wind. Which yeah. I still, I still, I watch that movie every, maybe, like, maybe every other month. Gone okay. with the Wind. I haven't seen it in forever. Okay. I have seen it. Well, what did you see? Was it, was it in school? Did you no, watch no, no, no. It, it was okay. like on, I, I guess my grandmother was watching yeah. it or something way back in the day. And I just kind of, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Yeah. And, and you, anyone I grew up with Gone with the Wind has that movie uh, embedded in them. Okay, because it was a cultural shift oh, that, yeah. that movie. Um, so we have Attack of the Clones at six fifty six million. We have Revenge of the Sith. Again, people know what to expect. They're mm-hmm. excited. They're hyped. Eight hundred forty eight million. Okay. Then we get to Rogue One. We all know yet. We now New Hope, the one that started it all. Mm-hmm. Seven eighty six million. Okay. Worldwide. Get this. Where do you think? Empire comes in compared to New Hope. You know, with all things considered, Empire being the what is universally considered the best one. Right. So, uh, I'm going to have to say a little less based on what I just pulled up there. Okay. Empire, $534 million. Return of the Jedi, $772 million. Okay. Force Awakens, $2 billion. Okay. So... What's obvious is that there were things in Force Awakens that was engineered to 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 bring people back right. to what they love about Star Wars, mm-hmm. but to also redefine it and to I, I and I still back this up to do it better than any other Star Wars movie. Okay, okay, because when you think of a Star Wars movie, it's not Episodes One, Two, and Three. It's not really episode four. It's not New Hope. Right. It's not Return of the Jedi. 
Empire is too much of an art film. Mm-hmm. Like, meaning that it's just too opera, it's just too much opera. Right. But Force Awakens is Star Wars. It's, it's almost like my my view on Rocky Four, where Rocky Four is the Rocky movie people imagine if they never seen Rocky movies. Like, just, I mean, like, with the tone, with right. the fighting. Two titans, just bow, yeah. bow, But bow, if they watch bow. Rocky... It's like whoa! It's slow and dramatic and mm-hmm. and harsh. It's all built to the fight. Yeah. Whereas four right. is Rocky four is just like we're, the fight we're is fighting. built yeah. around like, the movie. Like this, yep. this is something easy for you to understand. We're mm-hmm. fighting. Okay, I I do feel like Force Awakens has a better built-in mythology than any of the other ones, okay. uh, including Rogue One. It has a a, a more of a built-in like backstory. To between the episodes. I can see that. Better than episode four, better than New Hope. Okay. And I be- outside of Han Solo, the, the characters, pound for pound, if you match them up, are more engaging. And I think they're they're more fun than if, if you start with New Hope. Okay? Han Solo literally saves New Hope when it just comes oh, yeah. to character interactions. Mm-hmm. And... Sounds crazy, but C-3PO and R2-D2, definitely. But BB-8 is so freaking... Oh, yeah. So funny I remember so I hated him throughout all of the marketing. I just said, I want to kick that really? stupid soccer I, ball. I, I hated him. And then as the movie went on, man, sure enough, I got the BB-8 hanging on yeah. the tree now at home. He's, <laughs> it's, it's funny when R2 was originally written, he spoke English. Okay. And he was a dick. <laughs> I think I've heard... I know he was the dick part. Okay. Some of that still comes off. Right, R2 still a dick. Okay. In 4, 5 and 6, 1, 2 and 3, R2 is a complete mess. Yeah. Especially in in episode 3. Yeah. Complete mess. Why couldn't you fly all along? Yeah. But BB-8 kind of compares with that droid fill. Rogue One competes with that droid fill. Mhm. Okay. But BB-8 they literally Made that robot cute and lovable. Right. And they gave him personality that just, comes through without yeah. someone having to, it's, without Luke explaining it, what's coming through he, on it. Like, it's almost like the definition of character development. Because mm-hmm. BBA has no limbs. Right. Li- limited movement. Mm-hmm. Squeaks and beeps. And you just love the SOB. You love yeah. that son they, of a bitch. They put emotion into, like, prime example. When when he's trying to convince him to lie to Ray and Ray's out of sight and he's looking back and forth like I don't I don't know yeah. what to I yeah. don't know and then he sticks out the little lighter yeah. like thumbs up I got you bro but it's even that too he's even rocking uh-huh. and the like, head's uh, shifting uh, yeah uh, I don't so... I don't know who to I don't er uh, er uh, yeah he's yeah. right he's taking me home yeah okay so we have worldwide box office so combined box office of all the Star Wars movies. Six point six billion dollars. Okay, averaging at seven hundred forty million per film. Righto. Nothing. Nothing has that. Nothing Mm-mm. has that average. Nothing no. has that consistency. Mm-mm. So if people roll their eyes about you seeing Star Wars this weekend, and maybe in my case seeing it twice, it's only it's it's no different than. Like really, kind of being a part of any football game, right? Spending all your like hard-earned money for a giant Super Bowl party, mm-hmm. which I'd love to do, by the way. <laughs> and it's also a reason to have a party. Yeah, uh, renting the 
the UFC pay-per-views, mm-hmm. if you follow that sport. Yeah. It's no different. And and there's something to be said that that uh, of a property that universally captures the imagination and kind of inspires and teaches at the same time. Right. A generation of people grew up understanding this about Star Wars. It's true. There's no UFC religion. I'm pretty sure I just saw a, <laughs> a Jedi religional book on Amazon floating around. Like, yeah. had to live life as a Jedi. And, and, Teachings and religions. Yeah. Like. It's great. It really is. Uh, run- I think for a while, that was the, the for, in England, that was like the number one voted religion that people identified with for like a decade uh, was I, like Jediism I, <laughs> over like anything else. Uh, I don't. <laughs> I swear I read that within like the last week or two. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. I, we will have to confirm that. <laughs> uh, England is very like Protestant, Catholic, and, and, you know, they're, they're a country literally built off of religion. Yeah. But. Let's just go to running times. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll let that one sit. I would like to look it up to, to confirm, though. Okay. Running times. Uh, what do you think is the longest Star Wars movie? Uh, well, I cheated a little bit, and I saw your page. Okay. But based on that, because I was thinking about it beforehand, I would yeah. almost have to say Attack of the Clones yeah. because if, it feels like it drags. Say, that's exactly what I was going to say. It feels like the longest one. But then you see... Revenge of the Sith had two extra minutes on it, but at least that one has the action. Through. I mean, it, it makes sense yeah. that that one's a little bit longer, but yes. Attack of the Clones just feels the longest. So the 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 biggest group is, you know, Phantom Menace at 133. Okay. Um, the original the original trilogy comes in under the, the episodes 1, 2, and 3. 1, 2, and 3, Phantom Menace is 133, Attack is 142 revenge is 140 right new hope is 121 mm-hmm. empire is 124 return is 131 okay and rogue one is 133 yes and real quick though i need that one felt a little bit longer to me too at points the rogue one yeah really just at points uh is is I, we're going to be jumping into this very soon uh, is this because of the the way that the movie's built? The way it kind of comes in? It could be. Because, I mean, it de- like you, you get some action, you get some low, you get some action, you get some low. It just... I guess the pacing felt a little bit off until you finally got yeah. to the end. Right. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump right into that. Okay. Uh, Force Awakens 2 is, is at 136. Okay. Right well, and Force Awakens moves at a certain speed. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It really. It's almost like a chase movie. Yeah, it doesn't really drag. Yeah, and it works very well. So, uh, I want to touch on just two movies on what's happening on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, and uh, and we're only doing Rotten Tomatoes. We're not doing an. Av- I ain't doing an average between Amazon Rotten Tomatoes and Internet Movie Database, mm-hmm. just because. Everything's magnified on Ryan Tomatoes right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, but I would like to maybe crunch a little bit, you know, some other numbers to get like a true average. That makes sense. Okay, but Phantom Menace on Ryan Tomatoes critics give it fifty five percent, audience gives it sixty. Okay, Attack of the Clones critics give it sixty five percent, audience gives it fifty five percent. Okay, so sixty five fifty five. 
audience-wise, Attack of the Clones is five points lower than Phantom Menace. Okay. Okay. And I'm just going to touch on three movies that we, we discuss here. Okay. Uh, BVS, Batman vs. Superman. Critics, 27%. Audience, 64%. Okay. Suicide Squad, 26% critics, 56% audience. Ghostbusters 2016. What's your? We were just discussing this. What, what, what do you think the the critics? What percentage would the critics give Ghost, Ghostbusters 2016? I'll say critics went 36. The people, mm, maybe 49. Okay. Shocker. Critics 73 percent. My God. <laughs> Audience, 54%. Okay. So, <laughs> Phantom Menace is, audience-wise, is four points lower than Batman vs. Superman. Okay. Four points more than Suicide Squad. Six points more than Ghostbusters 2016. The Phantom Menace. I, I think that's, right? I Like, it really says something. It, it says something. Perhaps that movie is not the type of train wreck we 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 think it is. No, I mean, well, like I said, I was I was nine, so it was never really a train wreck to me. The train wreck came from everything, all the fallout from it. Yeah, like Yoda was my master. No, Qui Gon was your master. Get your story straight. You don't remember meeting R two and C three. Anakin yeah. doesn't remember owning these. Dr- oh, meltdown! Yeah, like, and I, I think that's what a lot of people went through. Mm-hmm. But what none of it can ever be fixed, right? None, it's there. No, none of it can ever be tweaked, right? I just like when it comes to the special editions and correcting things and and all of that. Mm-hmm. You, you can fix that stuff. You can change the dialogue. Yeah. Just do that. I feel you. Just well, it's like we, we just had Revenge of the Sith playing in the background for a little bit. And I was telling Pete, like, I heard a theory on this ending about Padme's oh, yes. death that oh. makes it, like, it makes it a little is it, is less it, stupid. Is it the Obi-Wan uh, love triangle? No, no, no. Oh, it, okay. it's It's that Palpatine knows he could sense that Anakin was desperately hurt. Palpatine, having learned from Plagueis how to actually prevent death siphons Padme's life force and gives it to Anakin. So it's not she's actually giving up on life. Her life force is being drained and the droids can't figure out why. And Sidious is... So when he says, you killed her, in a way, he's kind of telling Vader, like, it's your fault she's dead. I had to... Well, I I still thought it was him... Him killing her was... It was... Everything, it was it was like if they are somewhat force connected mm-hmm. because you know it gets passed on to the children, right? So Padme has to have some like she has to be a conduit through the force somehow. If they're just banging, if they're banging, she's some of a conduit. She's like this connective tissue between Anakin, the force, and pa- passing it on to Leia and Luke, which is where Luke gets it higher than Leia. Okay. Okay. It doesn't doesn't equal. Like no, it's not an equal split. Okay. So, him turning to the dark side is what took away her will to live. If you consider her being a conduit. Okay. His magnification for 
the good side of the force, like being a um, like a spotlight for it during the good years, help her fall helped her fall more in love with him, and right. the two of them breaking their tradition and going deeper into this rabbit hole that you know like had like no there's no way for that to turn out good because the marriage is kept a secret. Like every, yeah, you know, that's even stressful. Oh yeah, I, I, hiding in the corners to give I, your wife a kiss. I, I had years and years ago. I had an Indian girlfriend, and dude, it's stressful. She, we had to keep the whole thing from her father, like oh, the I whole freaking it. thing. It's so stressful. Mm-hmm. Now you add an intergalactic war on top of that. You <laughs> <laughs> throw in Jar Jar Binks. Oy vey. The the murdering of your your master, the guy that saved you from slavery, a missing mother. Now, like, come on. Oh, yeah. All right. And and a very unjarring, uh, unsettling political climate, which is, you know, the, the coming galactic empire. So, true. yeah. So I think it's time. Ugh, we got to do it. Definitely. I, I know. I know a little bit of your feelings because we touched Spoilers on from here on out, everybody. If you haven't seen Rogue One, maybe take a little pause, go see the movie, come back, finish listening to us because we're not holding back. Yeah. And, yeah, the hell with this. Spoiler, 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 spoilers. We're going in. You've been warned. <laughs> okay. I want to know, you. What, what, what exactly did you tell me yesterday? I, I, I said, hey, give me your quick take. And you said there were things you liked. There were things I liked and things I didn't. Okay. Overall, it's a good movie. It really is good. But for everyone who said it is on Empire level, I kind of want to smack them in the face because they overhyped it to me. That's also on me. Yeah. But it definitely adds a new, deep, gritty, awesome so, layer to A New Hope. So let's get into that. Tell me why it doesn't stack up against Empire. It, it just... For me, it's overhype. It's like you said, that that movie is truly operatic. It's almost an entire saga in and of itself, Mm -hmm. that one movie. This one just kind of feels like missing pieces to a puzzle. I appreciate it, but there wasn't... I mean, I I called it when we first sat down to talk about it forever ago. Like, everyone's going to die because... Where at this point, Captain Kasdian would be like all of these people who made this groundwork, these steps would be in a new hope had they lived. So you knew if they weren't oh, going yeah. to go to. Yeah, to to some degree. I, I also believe Star Wars is expansive enough that you can have like you, you can introduce the whole line of characters and, and, and easily have a scene or a couple lines of dialogue to explain them away from new hope because oh, yeah. because new hope is the only thing that like incorporates other aspects of new hope is the obi-wan conversation okay, okay. about the father and you know your father like, mm-hmm. this is his sword this okay the cantina scene right Watch now. You see, like these, you know, like different aliens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can't. Ele- the, there's racism against droids yep. in Cantina. Okay, <laughs> you know, like where's 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 droid lives matter? <laughs> we need droids. Lives matter. Okay, now and then there's the battle of Yevon that you see that there's like another force out there against the empire and they're mobilized right so like that's that's as much as the universe building that episode four has 
which isn't really a lot. So, I mean, you can have the Battle of Yevon, mm-hmm. and you, you can have a whole group of characters introduced in Rogue One, just not there. It's okay, because it's a big place. It's a right. big environment. Um, so, okay, so tell me, tell me some of your issues, though. Tell me, like, where, where you were coming in on this. I guess it was just my own expectations got in the way. Okay. Like, I'd been telling myself for so long, like, all these guys are going to die. Just prepare yourself for it. It's going to happen. You hate movies that do that to you, but it's... Uh, and then I guess throughout our conversations leading up to it, you kind of swayed me more into thinking there was a chance that the, some of them were going to make right, it. Right, that... Uh, they like, were especially the whole, over. like, well, I don't see them pushing out all these toys yeah, for characters that right? they're just going to... And I was that kind of resonated, and I was like, all right, but, maybe... And then by, as soon as K2 went, I was like, here we go. Yeah. And then the next one falls. And then the next so, one. And I was like, son of a yeah. bitch, here we go. So so getting to that, getting to the... Because the, now the merchandising seems to be a huge positive for this movie. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I'm not talking about sales. I'm just talking about perception and what people think and what some of these influencers are saying. Watch, it, it uncovers the balls of Disney. It uncovers that these guys have grit and stone, and they are making decisions for the movie. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And some someone said, like, I don't know if that's like an ethical thing to have action figures of characters that are dying. And I'm like, what? Like the fuck? Like Optimus Prime gets his heart ripped out and transforms <laughs> the movie. Like you know, and uh-huh. like there's. There's there endless are, Optimus Prime there toys. There are plenty of other Star Wars characters, one-offs yeah. that get slaughtered, but you own yeah. their toy at home. Well, I remember uh, people telling me that they cried in Transformers a movie when Optimus dies. Mm-hmm. Uh, in high school, people tearing up during Armageddon, getting very emotional. I later heard stories about like grown men crying at the end of Armageddon. Oh yeah. Okay? Oh yeah. I still I, get a little weepy every time Bruce yeah. Lee stays on that rock. It's yeah. a, it, it, it hits home. And I think some <laughs> of that too is that people who had fathers or didn't have fathers uh, watching that loss mm-hmm. like really hit. I mean, this is something that's not new right. or old. I think it's something that people forgot, mm-hmm. which was the easy play that that someone someone's got to carry on, someone's got to like pull over. But if you do have a microscopic view of the advertising, it is a little bit of the girl, like the girls are focused, Jen's, right. Jen's a focus, and then it's mostly imperial imagery, right? And very very like wise, very smart to to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, though, it's like I do feel like it was a logical leap. To kind of just say like you like because it's still Star Wars. Yeah, it's still this. Mm-hmm. But but hey, Boba Fett gets owned. We, yeah. endless Boba Fett toys. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's not like I said. It's 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 a leap both ways. Mm-hmm. But it is something that was more widely practiced in all of the toy lines. I'm talking even. You want to talk GI Joe? You want to talk like Rufio? Like I don't know if Rufio had an action figure in Hook. I think he did. But they, I remember Rufio's death in Hook mm-hmm. when I saw that. I was like, oh, my. Like, I couldn't believe they killed Rufio. He was so freaking cool. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's 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 there. Okay. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime they make an action figure of a villain in the movie, usually the villain dies. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Um, 
but and then sometimes the whole movie dies, which would be the Super Mario Brothers live action movie. Hey yo, yeah, that's an action figure. Hey. That's an hey. action figure line from <laughs> from um, Dennis oh, Hopper uh, did his best yeah. to leave that movie alone. Uh, so, and then what? Where are like? Where are you on what you liked about it? There's there's quite a bit I like. There really is. Um, one of the main things that stands out: Star Wars first gay couple. Ao, that was that was nice to see. Yeah, did you pick up on that, or am I crazy? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I know what what you're referencing. Yeah, because me and Kearns talked it. about it in the parking lot quite a bit. Well, uh, the blind guy Chiro and his his partner oh, bodyguard. Damn. You can't even tell me they're not. I have you to protect me. I'll find you on the other yeah, side. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, the more the movie went on, the more it became evident that they were together. But Disney wasn't trying to throw it in your face. Yeah, but but I'll tell you one thing. The way how I took that and coming in as this being a movie of war, mm-hmm. uh, um, like these guys had their livelihood stripped from them. Right, okay? right. The Empire comes in. Yep, they used to be guards. Like, well. One, Sacred mission. Well, one's, one's a guard. No, uh, they both were. Well, no. Uh, Baz is a assassin. I thought they were both. He's he. I thought I'm pretty sure he was a paid, like he was a paid mercenary that, okay. that worked through the temple somehow, which is kind of cool. Because again, I think that would go with the theme of some of the other themes we see in the movie of, you know, like even the empire mm-hmm. being good sometimes, right? Being completely bad and evil. Mm-hmm. The rebels, right? Being good sometimes. Yep. This time we get more of a dark side of the rebels. Yeah. So I, I think. Even then, like maybe during this dark veil that was coming towards them, that you know, Baz was this guy that they had to send out, mm-hmm. that sent out to protect their interests. The 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 blind guy, uh, his name is really hard to pronounce. It's like Chiro. Yeah, Chiro. Uh, he he I, he was one of the protect protectors of the the weller. Right. The, um. What is the exact name of that temple? Uh. Waller, Weller. Temple of the Wells, I want to say. Oh, Wells, Guardians of the Wells. Right. Okay. Watch. Pretty much Kyber Crystals. Yeah, and that is something from the original Star Wars screenplay as well. Right. The well, it, the story was supposed to be read from the Journal of the Wells. Yeah. Which was the Skywalker family saga. Yeah. So, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Okay. The Wells so, are even mentioned in that the Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. Yeah, so I think their relationship is is a wartime relationship. I to just, where uh, I was thinking bro- that at bro- first, I really was. Yeah, like brotherhoods emerge. There's a closest, and you know what? I'll tell you one thing. There's, there's, it, you can you don't have to like fuck someone or have the sexual tension. Mm-hmm. When you, if you're going to die for someone, you can love them. And no, that, I don't. And, I don't deny you know, that. Like that's, it just, that's what makes you. It, it was the makes them subtle little things that just okay. make me think that there well, was more. But to But also, them. I think that's part of the best. I think I thought that was one of the highlights. Oh yeah, that their relationship is somewhat mysterious and ambiguous, and people criticize that. They were like, "We need to know more." Like they should have had this. They should have had that. Uh, I would like to. Have I known thought it was how all would have met right in front of me. Yeah, I really well, maybe, could, like, the whole like I have you to protect me. I don't need and like he always follow and then the whole when he's walking out there and the dude's just screaming, "Come back, come back!" Come, and then he goes out there and he lets him die in his own. I will find you. 
I will fly. Yeah. And then he starts his cadence and he just gets up and he goes on a suicide yeah. mission. Well, that to me, because I was I went, the way I explained it to Kearns was if you're dying in my arms and you're my best friend, A, I'm not going to tell you I'm going to find you because you're dead. I'll see you 30 years when yeah, I'm dead. No, but these people don't believe that. <sighs> they don't. Like, uh, yeah, they like you're like you're coming into this from Norm's world. You're not putting yourself in their environment. Their environment is that they know they can. They know there's a higher power. They know you can you can hone in on it and you can train it and you, you can you can pluck those piano chords. So when you pass on, there's a spiritual self. They know right. that. And based on what we learned in episode three, mm-hmm. you can manifest it. Right. Well, he says, I will find and, you. And yeah. then he gets himself killed to go and find him, pretty yeah. much. If, if that's me and Kearns, yeah. I'm going to wait. No, no, no. He doesn't get himself killed to find him. He gets himself killed because he knows. It's the. It, that's, he, well, he has only one possible way of going out, but he knows he's going to die when he sees the shuttle. You know, the. Get blown up, the, right? His uh, only the, way off the rock. The, the uh, Shaquille O'Neal hook shot mm-hmm. stormtrooper that throws that uh, grenade right into the shuttle. That was the moment <laughs> when I knew none of them. Yeah. I was like, all right, K2, now the pilot. Yeah. Now, yeah, sure. But, but when he sees that explosion and then everyone that was stuck with him in the door, mm-hmm. okay, is dead and it's only the two of them, like, he, like, they both knew. That's why, um, well, the explosion comes after, right? Because yeah. they need to get the Churro had to flip the switch, so Churro goes and yeah. then the ship, and then he. Yes, it's like he knew he knew he was going to die at right. that point. But it's almost like again, it's like if you go back to if you rewatch that scene, even before Churro goes to hit the switch, mm-hmm. they're dead. They know they're dead. Right. Okay. But that, it, you could tell by the whole the tone in his voice because the whole movie. I, the force is with me. I'm one with the force. The force, yeah. is with, I, the force will protect me, however it goes. And in that time, it's just, I am one with the force. The force will protect right. me. I am one, like, he knows he's doing his death march at that point. So and, let me tell you real quick I, the, some of the highlights I wrote down. Uh, Peter, Peter Cushing. Yes. That was I awesome. Thought, I thought that was incredible. That was. Okay. And I called that a very long time ago. Uh, I was wrong. It was Krennic that I saw in the trailer. Yeah. But somehow Norm knew. Uh, Vader. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, the the Dude, battle that slaughter that he does at the end through that hallway. Yeah. Oh my god, that is it's re- Darth yeah, Vader. It's, it's it's they really like again. It's just like they knew exactly what that had to yeah. be like. There is no hold still, bar. Like and people still, are going up on the ceiling. Lightsabers are yeah. flying. Well, he cuts a guy choking. in the ceiling in half. Too. Yep. Did you yep. see that? Because mm-hmm. uh, it looks like he. Like, forgot he was there. Yeah, but I like it, too, that he puts the saber, he throws the saber behind him, and then he, like, Magneto grabs the guns and throws the guns. So yep. now, like, you have five guys are just, like, unarmed against Vader. Yep. Like, it's just too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the reaction of the guy at the door. Right. Which is, like, help us open the door. And then, get it, get then, it, then it went. Get me out. Then when, just take it. Just yeah, take the then, plate. Just go. Because he just knew go. he was. Yeah, he yep. knew he was. A, he was a garner. Mm-hmm. Um, the battle at the end. I thought this one built mythology right. back in, into a lot of Star Wars. I thought the cameos were awesome. Yes. the cameos and the callbacks were were insanely smart. They were to an extent. Okay. It, it's the same. It's like the same thing that we were talking about with the last one, well, where if you haven't seen some of them, you're not going to get. Yeah, but. Yeah, but here, like I got blue milk on the table in that first shot, yeah. 
But if me and Rachel were sitting down to watch it, she, it's like, it's exactly what yeah, we but, were. But I'll tell you one thing. Who cares? No, because, no, no. Because you know why? Because in the years to come, people are going to discover these movies. Mm-hmm. And Rogue One might be the first one they see. And the blue milk is a callback to what they saw in Rogue One. I could see that. They're, they're mixing it up to the point that it, they know that people will discover this content in mm-hmm. all kinds of ways. Yep. And they're just giving, they're just putting out these like feelers and these indicators and, and it kind of works against my argument against like for episode one, which is like the callbacks in episode one don't work if you watch the movies in order. Right. But if you just happen to watch return on a holiday weekend on TNT, and then a couple of days later, they're still running the Star Wars marathon or a day and you catch, episode one you're just like whoa okay and that's what's going to happen and then you maybe you skip a few and you're like hey well maybe i'll just watch new hope right now and you watch new hope first and then you watch rogue one it okay so the other big thing is the design work i thought that the uh, overall design work and art direction was in incredible i think the uh, design work for the 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 u-wing ship mm-hmm. is one of the best the the u-wing the the troop transport right is just awesome the those new tie fighters mm-hmm. that With had the, like single wing yeah, <laughs> yeah those are awesome the ATCT, the, the all-terrain cargo transport was that the one with the hole in the middle they yeah kinda... well i think they're all were like that the ones that were whole had that whole filled Okay. That's the cargo. Okay. Okay. So what, if people criticize that it's different in this one than it is in Empire, Empire had all-terrain armor transports. Right. It's those, and they're for military purposes. These, this is a world, the area that they need to protect it on, on, on Sheriff or Sharif um, is protected by a shield. There's right. There's Imperial fleet above it. Mm-hmm. So who's going to get through that? So it, you, you're like, you don't need the ADATs. Makes sense. For some, it, to me, it makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Some people are missing that point, and they're criticizing that scene a little bit for that. Okay? And then the <laughs> one of my real highlights on, on Yevon was the guy in the tower. The second time, right? Yeah, like, well, you see him twice. Right. Okay, but, like, the first time you see him with, with like, that radar with gun. With the gun. And then and the, the second time, he just looks defeated. Well, the, yeah, the second time, they're taken <laughs> off. Like, I don't but care. But he, he, he registers what's coming in. Like, and he does that in New Hope. Okay. He's inbound. He's not outbound. I'm almost positive he's not doing that when the fleet's taken off to battle the, the, the Death Star. I'm almost positive. It seems like he's inbound, and he could be part of, like... You know, the, the, the traffic control mm-hmm. for whatever reason. Because, I don't know, Yevon is a Jedi temple. It, it's not made to have a fleet there. Right. So maybe they got to give them a little bit something extra to put that ship where it needs to go. I don't know. It's the funniest thing. Because uh, that, that's it, one of the imagery that always stuck with me for whatever reason. Like, even when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It just it just was like whoa like someone's working up there doing something yeah you don't have to know what he's doing it's just it's like another layer always stood out and here's the real highlight uh, you do have Peter Cushing right okay the second true highlight for me is Greg Fisher okay 
Do you know who that is? Uh, no. Greg Fisher is the cinematographer for this movie. Okay. He's the guy that shaded everything. It, you know, is the dirtiness that you see, uh, the grit that you see, you see that from his work. Right. Um, this dude also has a filmography that I think is incredible. Okay. Um, his first notable you might have seen is, is Let Me In. Okay. Okay. Killing Them Softly. Okay. Snow White and the Huntsman. Watch. I love the look of that movie. Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Okay. Foxcatcher. Uh, the Gambler. Uh, that was a Mark Wahlberg one. Uh, very underrated remake, by the way. Uh, Lion. I haven't seen Lion. Okay. Neither. Uh, and then he's he's on Rogue One, the Star Wars story. He, he is, he's the hero of this movie in my eyes. The movie would not have its um, impact if this guy didn't do as good of a job that, that he did. I think every single frame, you can you can print it out and you can put it up on your wall. Every single frame of this movie has a tone. And you can just say, like, the live-action stuff. Yeah. Okay? Uh, but obviously, the live-action needs, like, needs to match the special effects. Mm-hmm. The live-action processing comes first. That's why I, that's a huge reason why special effects are done after. You know, like they, they can do the animatics and set up the shots, but the actual rendering for the special effects is done after the live action. Number one, sometimes they need the live action. Right. But not really because everything's measured in markers and it's calculated. Like you know exactly where the camera is, so you can do your special effects, you know, like mm-hmm. as, as the actors are performing. But they have to be rendered to match what the cinema, cinema, cinematographer is doing. Right. Okay. I This guy just blew me away. Oh, yeah. I okay. loved that most of this movie was practical, too. Like yes. It, it, they well, went the, that, that the Force Awakens. Yep. Yeah. It right. And it was the beach. You're on the beach. That's not green screen. There's. Yeah. And real quick, too, uh, just to talk about Peter Cushing, because no one, everyone's skipping. The, everyone's loving it. Mm-hmm. But. Peter Cushing was born in May 26, 1913. Right. He died on August 11th, 1994. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I just feel like we have to say that. Yeah. We have to kind of, because this guy had a career in British television, TV, film. Oh, yeah. He was a big stage. hammer guy. He was Everyone, Sherlock Holmes. He yeah. Was, and that's, he is, he will, in my eyes, forever be the best Sherlock Holmes. I can see From, that. The, I haven't seen any of them. From but. the Arthur Conan Doyle adaptations. Right. Now everybody wants to do Sherlock and make him modern day and give him a six-pack. Mm-hmm. Okay? The Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes. He was an opium man, right? <laughs> like, the, he, he was yeah. chasing the dragon, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Did did not have a six-pack. He had a coke okay. problem, too, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> well, there was there was a lot of stuff done back then. There's, there's a, a series of books. Um, with this guy, Agent Pendergast, okay, mm-hmm. written by Lincoln and Child. One of these books was made into a movie. It's called The Relic. Had Tom Sizemore and... Okay. 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 That's yeah. the monster movie, yeah. right? Yep. So okay. that movie is based on one of, one of their books. Um, this this guy is like a little bit like a modern-day Sherlock Holmes, but he does a lot of the stuff Sherlock Holmes does, which is he, he mentally mind-walks through crime scenes and scenarios and he's able to put himself into like 
a lucid dream mm-hmm. and uncover those little tiny things. Right. Okay. So, but Cushing is forever Sherlock Holmes, the best. Um, so, cameos and callbacks. Yes. These are the ones I kind of, in my phone, I wrote these down. Okay. Just because as they were happening, I'm like, wow. Like, it's, it's a lot. The ones that stood out for me, okay, in no particular order. The walrus man bump. Right. Okay. In Jeddah. Mm-hmm. This one I completely loved. Yeah. Which is... Which is because it's just doesn't even have to be there. It's just there, and it's so stupid and funny. And and it's like you're like, oh my god, those guys are dicks wherever they go. Like, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like they're just looking for trouble. Okay. Um, The star destroyer destroyer crashing into the shield, which is a nod to Return of the Jedi. The super star destroyer Mm -hmm. going nose down into. The second Death Star. Right. Which was always, always one of my favorite parts. I don't know why. It's just, I'm like, yes, like absolute destruction. I'm not even sure. See, I thought that's what was going to take them out. Mm. I didn't think they were going to fire off the Death Star again. I thought those Star Destroyers were just going to come down on the base. Anyone uh, who was still alive wasn't going to yeah. be after that. I um, The Peter Cushing reveal. Mm-hmm. Which was set up similar to episode three. Right. With the reflection, you're like, oh, okay. I think they that was a gotcha moment that got everybody. Yep. Anyone that, that's been following the movies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Mustafar. Yeah. Like, Vader's castle. Dude, yeah. in Mustafar. Right. Like That poor son of a bitch can't get out of there. Dude, I, I th- <laughs> but I think it's also him um, honoring his, like, history and, and almost, like, kind of saying this, it's is, like, this is where I was born. Yeah. I wasn't born in... Uh, Naboo or what? Tatooine. Like, Tatooine, right. Mm-hmm. Ta- I don't know why. Wait, what? Is it Naboo? No, it's Tatooine. It's Tatooine. Because he hates sand. Tusken Raiders, the pod yeah. race. And I he always, was a slave, I he was a slave for- to the huts. Yeah, I always forgot he was a slave to the huts. Um, Red leader, gold leader. Right, right, yeah. Like, yeah. that was really cool. Uh-huh. Because now when you watch um, the Death Star run in New Hope, like, these dudes have been through some shit. Right. Like, and they're dead now, too. Yeah, they have been through, like... I was some, waiting for Biggs to pop up a little bit. I was waiting for them to uh, yeah. throw a Biggs in there. Well, Biggs could have his... So here's a little bit of, I think, the problem with Biggs. Okay? hmm And uh, the extended universe did a wonderful um, expansion of Biggs. They okay. actually did a comic series on... on I, I think it might have been Empire. When Empire launched... At Dark Horse, they did. I think it launched with a big story, and it detailed his 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 splintering off from the Empire. So there's a cut scene. Do you know of the cut scene in New Hope where uh, where Luke and Biggs have right. a conversation before? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, real quick though, the other the other really big highlight slash callback for me though was the Y wings at work. Where you actually saw them on bomb runs more than right. once, yeah, and you never really saw that, dude. I I I don't know. I don't know. Like one you, of the you actually wings. saw them dropping the bombs. Oh yeah, and that's mm-hmm. that was just so cool. One of the Y wings looked like it had Chopper from the oh the 
the Rebels cartoon in it. Oh. Like that squarish orange. Okay. Oh, yeah. Droid yes, in the yeah, back. I did. That looked like. Ch- it might not be him well, because he's a, like a malfunctioning There's a ton of Rebels in this movie, too. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Going back to one of my favorite ghost, uh, ghost references. Is, ghost is in that battle scene. Yeah. He's in that battle scene, and they also reference uh, the, the leader of. Mm-hmm. The, the the general, right? Yeah. 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 They and reference they him. Don't, general Sindula. Yeah. We just don't know if the daughter or the father is the general yeah. in the rebellion. And also, I I still do not really know. I haven't seen Rebels. Right. <laughs> I, I may get into it now. I, so, this guy right here, because I think you might actually... Like, I know his species is there, oh. but that's the dad, that's the daughter. Oh, okay. And I'm pretty sure you see him when they walk into one of the spots. Maybe, yeah. Because yeah. he'd be an older version, and that was definitely... <laughs> so, overall, though, uh, this this movie was... My overall view of this movie is... I do put it above Empire. And I also put Force Awakens above Empire. And I just feel like they they wanted to make a adult Star Wars movie. Yeah. And that's what this is. Ah. Ah. What? Warwick Davis. He had one of my favorite looking characters in the movie. Oh, the little... He, he's the, the one that's with um, the, Saul's people the in that little initial one. Yeah, run. that little the, mutant. Uh, uh, not not yeah. the monkey guy on the mm-hmm. on the plane, the little ground yes. troop dude. Yeah. Yep. I love the look of that guy. Oh, I, I felt bad when the monkey... Looked like an Ewok and Yoda had yeah. a baby. I felt I felt bad when the, the monkey guy's Y-wing went down. <laughs> yeah, that and, was and they were like, we're coming down. and But they, when they crash into the sand and then you see all these stormtroopers just like pop up around them. I was Dude. hoping that they were going to get out, and then the thing burst into flames. Not yeah. Dead. Nope, they're it's, dead. There's not going to be any cool aliens left after this for yeah. sequels. I, I think that's another strong point, is the, the unfocus of aliens. Mm-hmm. Even though there are aliens throughout the entire... There's new species in, in the entire movie. Right. The only one that's highlighted is the tentacle monster that reads the mind of, of, the, um, of the, the pilot guy. Yep. And I guess that's the one scene people just, like, they don't like, they don't understand, they don't know what happened to them. Uh, that scene technically does not even have to be in the movie. Right. Because you could have had, like, another way for him to validate that. Um, yeah, it just kind of sucked. I yeah. guess my biggest problem is they didn't give you enough of the backstory for Saul to know why he went from, like, just... yeah. A but, renegade rebel to like kind of crazy, yeah. like really off of the rails rocker yeah. kind of, well, almost Lawrence Lawrence Fishburne in Predators kind of yeah. crazy. Well, I like that people miss the fact that when you see him on the screen in the beginning, mm-hmm. when when Carrick lands, mm-hmm. which was amazing, like amazing series of shots, and they bring him up on the screen, he's bald, and then he has hair. Right. Uh, okay, so. The speech in the in the uh, in the trailer when he says like what are you going to do when you're captured what are you going to do what are you going to do he's bald in that mm-hmm. so it's almost like oh dude like he was saying that to someone at one point right like, you know and look this movie is known for having reshoots rewrites mm-hmm. it got reworked I really don't care no because I think it, it I think it does all work mm-hmm. and I think the build up works. I think the urgency works. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's an uncertainty 
of Jen that is definitely there. I right. definitely was able to follow her more the second time. Okay. Because she she is a broken character. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have trust. Right. She doesn't have love in her she's life. She's been abandoned. She's been abandoned. She's been abandoned. Yeah. She's been screwed. She's been abandoned. It's and she she's been lied to. And the other thing that part that really defines this movie for me, and this is why it is above Empire, in my eyes. Empire is not tragic. Empire is uncertain. Yeah. It's uncertain that Han will live. Mm-hmm. It's uncertain that Leia and Han love each other, or Han loves Leia. It's uncertain that Vader and Luke are really father and son. It's uncertain that there's hope for the rebellion. This movie is Shakespeare. You make a giant weapon. Mm-hmm. You die by your giant weapon. Okay? Yeah. You maneuver within the Imperial ranks. As a power play out of just wanting more power. Mm-hmm. You you create a weapon that can kill billions of people at a time to gain more power. You, along the way, you mess up. You 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 allow spies to get into your operation. This was this is why he had the Death Star taken away from him. Mm-hmm. This is why Peter Cushing, Grain Moff, said, Look, uh, like you, you have to go. I will tell the Emperor this. This is why Vader, when Vader confronts Keurig, uh, he, Vader is unconvinced. Don't choke on your ambitions, director. Yeah. And the, you see this guy crumbling from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Okay. His arc is one of the, the absolute best arcs in all of Star Wars. Might be the absolute best because you get to see it all. Okay. You don't really care about this guy's backstory. Like right. what happens here is all you need to know about mm-hmm. this guy. His arc is is Shakespeare. Now, you have Jen and the the Urso. Yes. Right, is that how we pronounce it? Yep. Urso. Jen okay. Urso. Galen Urso. The, the Urso family now is subject to the Empire. Mm-hmm. The through through the actual existence and the will of the Empire, this family dies off yes the bloodline does not exist Mm -hmm. okay even to the point that her father loves the empire see like i think this is a little bit what people have missed he is not rebelling against the empire he does not want to rebel he's against this weapon he views the weapon as a tool for terror okay he, there is no other reason to explain his point of view because his daughter has a stormtrooper doll. Right. The re- see, he honors the Empire. He's actually probably for their mission, which is order. But he's against the use of this weapon. He thinks it goes too far, even for the Empire. Makes sense. Okay. And that is his his weakness that he builds in mm-hmm. is a rebellion against using the weapon. Not the Empire. He wants the weapon gone. Okay? Him dying, the the, the wife dying, mm-hmm. the daughter dying, all through the Death Star's work. Yep. And one man's ambition. Shakespeare. It's absolute Shakespeare. Okay? It's, it's above Empire on that notion. It really is. Okay. Okay? To me, Empire is... Is... It's fantastic. 
It's got the best score, like the best run of the score. Mm-hmm. It was the first of these movies that have true imagery. Yeah. Okay. Watch. We did not get in Return of the Jedi. We didn't get as much imagery in Return of the Jedi as we did in Empire. Empire is just like stacked. Definitely. Like every single scene has like new scenes, new environments. Yep. Yep. Um, Return just rehashes half of yeah. Empire. Well, like, like, like minus Hoth. You go back to Dagobah. You go back to the Death Star. You see Yavin or Endor. I'm sorry, which is just another Yavin. Yeah, you know, it just. Well, yeah, and here's here's the thing with Return of of the Jedi. I also feel we have to say, when they sat down to make that movie, there was no return. Mm-hmm. This was the last Star Wars. Right. This was. View this was a cash grab. Mm-hmm. They they needed merchandising. They we talked about this before. You right. had Ewoks. Yep. You had a conglomerate emerging. You had a third movie that was going to have more merchandising sales than any other movie in history. So people wanted to cash in. Lucas wanted to cash in. The actors wanted to. Everybody wanted. Everyone had their hand out. Right. They put together a movie that essentially is only two scenes. You only need two scenes in that movie. The beginning where they rescue Han and loose confrontation with Vader. That's your whole movie. Yeah. Everything else in that movie is I mean, the 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 rebel seeing the rebel alliance at work is a you know, like all all of those, but you can even subtract that because it it doesn't even add to anything. Right. Luke's gotta confront Vader. You have to confirm that Luke is Vader's son. Mm-hmm. So maybe it's three scenes and then it's is rescuing Han. Right. That's it. And there's really no other thing that happens in Return of the Jedi that's engaging other than things that, that tickle your fancy that you like for different reasons. So there's a lot of pers like there's a personal uh best like you know like if you personally find things interesting and nice and fun, you like Empire. More or less. Right. Okay. Uh <laughs> I I I th- I still feel though with all that I still feel Empire is overrated no not overrated I'm sorry underrated I think it's a better movie than people a lot of people give it credit for I believe okay, it okay because it is a complete arc um, Empire I mean Return could exist as episode 4 like it's yeah. it's that it's that type of movie it it, it could it, it's almost like one, 4 and 5 New Hope and Empire could be one block Mm-hmm. Return what and whatever would come next if it was a closer sequel or a closer episode could have worked. Right, like you could have had six and seven be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we like we didn't get that. Right. Okay, but at the same time though, like I mean, we very well could. One of the one of the main theories that I've been seeing floating around now is after we've seen Young Leia, after we've seen all these throwbacks and everything, people are starting to wonder if one of the next spin-off movies is going to take place between six and seven and maybe show yeah. Mark Hamill's rise and fall within the... Yeah, I, here's what I want them to do. I, I want them to get through the spin-off education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I need. I want them, if they have to do another movie that has like a noticeable connection, do it. Like they have to do, if they do a, like a Boba Fett solo movie, a Yoda solo movie, fine. It just re it just educates people that these Star Wars movies are not episodes, right? And I I still feel like eventually the episodes are going to get like downgraded, but it's going to take a long time. But you just get Star Wars movies, and they won't be episodes, right? 
Okay. The saga will end. Yeah. Can but Star Wars will continue. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a pretty good tagline. Yeah. TM. Copyright. <laughs> can, off, sucker, it's mine. Can can we rogue one the Ewoks? I just want that's really what I want. Unfortunately, we already have two of those. They were made for TV, and they're god awful. Yeah, we're not, we're not doing that. Yeah, I own them. Yeah, we're not doing that. Walmart five dollar. Yeah, <laughs> hashtag Walmart five dollar, bro. Yeah. <laughs> but like, really though, like, can we Rogue One the Ewoks? I don't see why not. I just want. I just really want that. Even if it's I uh, like a side sequel to Return, I'm between like six and seven. That you that now that the alliance knows about this primitive species, that you see more of the Ewok life, you see more of the Ewoks. That you you bring the Ewoks out of the, you know the 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 joke shelf of of, of the Star Wars bookcase. Mm-hmm. Like you elevate them, like elevate the Ewoks, make them deadly warriors, make them smell, make them piss, make them like shit, make them. I want to see some Ewoks having sex. I like I want to see. You have the, to go to Comic Con for that. Yeah, I, I want to see these animals. Uh, I'm I'm going to run through a a Verge article that I took some notes from. Okay. Of some of the the Easter eggs. Okay. Some of them we already brought up, but I'm just going to run through this. Blue milk. Right. Okay. This is a when I wrote this down. This is what came to mind. You have the most merchandise movie in the history of planet Earth. Do you, do you see where I'm going with this? Mm-hmm. We need to start making blue milk. Why? Someone. <laughs> Can we just... Where's the, the, the blue milk Star Wars tie-in? Where is that? <laughs> where is that product? You know, the last time I saw blue milk... <laughs> It's I'll, when do I need to do I want to know this? Well, uh, back back in the day, it might it might not. I don't think it was a Star Wars time, but back in the day, they came out with Oreos, where if you dunked them in your milk, it yes. turned your milk. Blue. Yes, I remember that. That yes. is the closest I've come to seeing blue milk. Were I, those Oreos that did it? I just just some because uh, I think NECA, NECA, um, the toy company, at one time did Stay Puff Marshmallow Marshmallows. Okay, okay, they were floating around for. The yeah. reboot. Well, were they Stay Puffed or were they Marshmallow Ghost? Was were they? They were. I don't know if they were Stay. They did like actual Stay Puffed, like you know, like the the bag. It said Stay Puffed on the bag and everything. Yeah. I think they might have just been in shapes instead of just the round. Okay, one. but the bag was Stay yeah. Puffed with the Marshmallow Man in the corner. Yeah. And oh, did they? Okay. All the crap. Yeah. yeah. So like, if they can do that, kind of like the Twinkies that yes. we picked up, kind of like those. If they can do that for Ghostbusters, they can. Do, just do this for Star Wars. What is wrong with you? I don't know. We already referenced the Stormtrooper doll. Right. I wrote a quick note, like, what's the meaning of this? But I think we we already dissected that. Yeah. Okay. All right. This one was cool. And I did I did look this up, but and I'm so happy the article kind of confirmed it. Here we go. Ready? We're, we're talking geek now. Further geek. The H-A-V-W... A6 Juggernaut is in this movie. How excited are you? The who and the what now where? Okay. <laughs> the HAVW are those giant rolling tanks with the okay. six wheels that you see at the mining, uh, at the labor camp where they rescue Jen. Right. We see those in episode three. Okay. I thought that was cool. That was, that's been one of my... I, I like... 
chunky big vehicles mm -hmm. that just look like the every i love all of that design like philosophy methodology outside of the tumbler for batman because i think that's a horrific Oh, yeah, piece of garbage. Just, you're not getting that through Gotham City streets yeah. without killing half a dozen people right. every time you and drive it. It kind of only works for Batman Begins, right? Mm -hmm. And they, they stuck to it. Right. They should have slimmed it down yeah, each do movie. Yeah, something and, with that thing. Okay. Oh, it's a motorcycle now. Yeah, it's it, just weird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Outside, but that's a little bit. And this goes back to my love of aliens when okay. I was younger. Because the they're not the dropship, but the um, the the vehicle okay that yep, comes yep. out of the dropship mm -hmm. that is like the battering like you're uh, just grinding metal yeah bring it down <laughs> yeah, right. bring it down that vehicle and i should i should know the name or whatever mm -hmm. but that is such a because you know what it is when those are toys they feel so good in your yeah. hand those are the ones you could slam into a wall a yeah, hundred times, and it's still mint condition. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's not X-wing, but you have to fix the the cannons uh -huh. like every single time. All right, and then we have um, in the Jedi marketplace, we have Walrus Man, yep. and friend. We have the ATST, All Terrain mm -hmm. Scout Transport, and right. you know what I love when when that battle breaks out. I just love it how that sucker rolls in, like comes around the corner, just firing, mm -hmm. like coming in hot. It's like, <laughs> like I'm like, yo, that ah, oh. yeah. Do you have the Han Solo reference on there? No, what's the it, Han Solo? It was oh. it was very subtle. Let's see it. All right, well, or it's let's not, hear it. Let's it, hear it. Right. Talk about when it. when they're running through Jetta, right? Mm -hmm. Kasdan's turns the corner and he sees the one storm and he blasts him. Yes. And he puts his gun down real calm-like, and then the 12 other stormtroopers come in and start blasting at him. Mm. That was almost Han Solo-esque when he's chasing the one down the hallway yeah. and finds well, the 12. Because like, oh. he does the, like, all right, I'm, well, I'm cool now. I'm going to put it down. Well, and then everyone... <laughs> well, let, let me Han Solo you. Okay. I'm going I'm to take your Han Solo, and I will raise you one Han Solo. Okay. What do we see in, Rogue, uh, in, uh, in Force Awakens with Han Solo and his blaster? He's looking over here, shoots a stormtrooper. Right. Mm -hmm. what, what do we see K9 do? Oh, yeah. Or George, right? Yeah. He's looking he just, over here, picks it up, gets that guy as soon yep. as the door opens. Yeah. Okay. Um, I thought that was a, a Force Awakens reference. Okay. Okay. And it does kind of, but that's what I'm talking about. Like, they're structuring these so you can, when you watch these movies, and if you took these movies and you threw them up in the air, mm -hmm. and however they fell down, you just watch them in that order. Like, that's what they're building towards. And I'll tell you what they did with this movie. They did something people already said they were never going to do with, when they saw episode seven, which is reference one, two, and three. Yeah. We got Bail Organa. We we got a ton of yeah. original or new trilogy references. Yes. Okay. Yes, we did. So here we go. Um, one of Saul's soldiers has the black scout trooper helmet. Did you catch that guy? No. Yeah, it's it's so you know the the helmets from Endor. The okay. Imperial, you know the guys with the visors. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah I did see it's that. All guy. black. Right. But right. Right. I just I just love that too because it's like he killed he killed that Imperial officer. And he's like I want the helmet <laughs> and he's like but he's like I gotta make this mine. So he's like I'm gonna paint it black. You know what's <laughs> like, funny about you know? that? Ironically enough, the the main kid from Rebels, his whole thing is stealing Imperial garb. So oh. he has like twelve different stormtrooper yeah. helmets on the ship now. That's cool. And the the Mandalorian girl they travel with has to tag everything. She puts her yes. own spray painted spin on. Yeah. So is, like that's kind of nice little. And then the the R A seven droid is also at Jeddah. 
that's the chrome droid with the bug eyes. Okay. Okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. okay. And we already talked about the Guardian of Wills mm-hmm. from the original screenplay. Uh, we talked about Vader's castle. Right. We discussed the Yevon base, uh, Obi-Wan and Leia references. Mm-hmm. Both, and we also see R2 and C-3PO. Yeah. Uh, some some people are, are down like the R2 thing, but I'm like, who, who cares? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. We all know he was traveling with Leia yeah. at that point because they're on the ship together <laughs> yeah. at the beginning of I, 4. What I'm interested in is a little bit of the Leia R2 C3PO adventures mm-hmm. that C3PO references in the beginning of episode four, where he says, I don't see the princess getting out of this one this time. Right. Like, I'm like that, that would be a cool mm. freaking movie. Yeah, it would. Um, all right. Battle of Scarf. Scarf. We have something people are also missing. The female pilots. Mm-hmm. Do you know, uh, here's why this is significant. There was a lot of extra pilot footage shot for Return of the Jedi. One of the pilots that they shot is another Admiral, Ak- I don't know what race that right. is. That, there was an Admiral Akbar fire pilot. Yeah, they're, okay. they're Mon Calamari. Okay. If they're not Mon Calamari, the squid dudes are the Mon okay. Calamari and they're well, something else. But. Originally in episode 6, Return of the Jedi, they shot a pilot of that. Right, so, which got added back into the Blu-ray. Okay, yeah. And then there was also female pilots shot back in when they made the movie. Right. So there's like to me that was there was nothing new. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's now now they have footage to maybe pop back into return. I don't really care. Like I just thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, like you also see female pilots running around the landing deck. Right. In Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you see a couple female pilots like running by. So this is not. Like, it wasn't new to me. Uh, I, it was cool that they saw it. Uh, Blue Squadron. Right. Do you know why Blue Squadron is significant? I know they were initially supposed to be in, but the blue didn't transfer. The blue screen on Blue Squ- Squadron. Right. It wasn't until The Force Awakens, the, right, the, that they could well, yeah, get that. Well, it was like the, t- the digital technology created green screen. Originally, right. it was blue screen because of the optics. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue Squadron. Um, couldn't show up, so it went from blue blue to red squadron. Right. So here we have, yeah. You know, and I'll tell you one thing: the the general guy that died, you know, his blue squadron gear is just awesome. Yeah, he's just so yep. freaking cool looking with the mustache. And then like the guy that runs out and tells them about you know what's happening, you know, he like runs out. He's like, "Mon, mon, mon!" Like the rebels are okay. Like that guy has a handlebar mustache. It is so freaking. That's what I mean about the art direction for this movie. Yep. It was analog. Like, the, the technology was analog. The Like, the giant screens that they had for the Imperials with, like, the circles and the weird measurements freaking worked. Right. Like, the art direction for this movie is as good as anything because the art direction resembles a, a movie that was made 40 years ago. Yep. Okay? Yep. And... It, it's essentially recreating a period piece. Mm-hmm. It's a period piece movie. Yep. Okay. That's Oscar worthy because usually the movies I went for um, art direction for Oscars are movies that recreate things that already existed. Yep. Which is kind of goofy. It is like you know how things look and you're just copying it. I'm, I know there's Who more. Who can copy it best? 
Yeah. <laughs> was, the King's Speech. Uh, or <laughs> I was going to say, was that your Sean Connery? No, no, who, it just kind of. Who can copy it best? <laughs> Lovely party. Welcome to The Rock. Pity I wasn't invited. Okay. Ghost reference. And in, in Battle Scarf, we right. see the ghost. Right. Okay. Here we go. Here's one of the big ones. This is the biggest one the article had. The Hammerhead. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's from the Knights of the Old Republic. Okay. Okay. Like, what the hell, right? Very I, nice. I want to know more about that because I'm like, dude. That's, that's the one that pushed him into yeah. the other one, right? Okay. Like, okay. forward thrusters. Mm-hmm. Dude, We're going dude, in. As, like, as soon as he said that, as soon as he said, like, Hammerhead Corvette, I was like, I was like, dude, they're going to, like, I thought they were going to do something else. I thought they were going to, like, have this medium-sized ship, like, come in and just, like, crash into it. But I, I, I did not see that coming. I thought, like, it kind of just based on, like, what the flow of that sequence was. I was like, oh, okay, they're just going to, like, beat it up. Kamikaze at this but point. dude, that, yeah. was, that was such a, dude. And it cuts, like, right through, like, the top part. Mm-hmm. And the top part just, like, starts to flake off. Dude, man. And you know what? I'll tell you. The second best sequence like that in any other movie is Starship Troopers. Where those ships start to break and flake mm-hmm. off and, and crumble. And that was it. Yeah. Like, that type of shot. So, this is what I mean about the this movie, how it builds. Definitely has this emotional, climactic, um, you know what the stakes are. Easy to read, easy to invest into, payoff. Okay? You... You do not get the see. People are like the movie moved so like you know what when you criticize a movie like that mm-hmm. when you have this giant epic battle at the end where right because I'm telling you dude I was sad when the monkey dude died yeah and the, you'd see him for mm-hmm. what fifteen seconds yep like when you have that and, and that's a female pilot too for that mm-hmm. UN and she's like yep. we're going down it, dude it was you're almost like. Oh my God! Like you just felt. Can't anyone sad. I love from this movie live? Yeah, you just felt so sad because, dude, she was, dude, that girl was like a little, like she dropped that that crew off, mm-hmm. like without landing, like, dude, man, like that that girl was like, again, it's like Vietnam helicopter pilot, yep. dude, like you got balls of steel. And that fucking laugh that monkey dude does, man. But, yeah, yeah, I know. He's, <laughs> he's so happy when when <laughs> he cripples the leg. <laughs> Of the, from the ad for the, the ATCT. Yeah, so like that's what I mean. Like, so, so to get the reaction that mm-hmm. everyone felt when that movie was building like towards its final moments. Right. You do not get that without doing what they did in, in the beginning. It just doesn't work. You know, they had um, they had some action leading up to it enough to get through. You, you know, okay? Like yeah. everything in Jeddah was your two action sequences. The plane getting hit by the Death Star. And, and the initial siege. Yeah, and then everything in like the marketplace. And then you had the siege. Mm-hmm. Okay, it doesn't, it does not work that way. Like, it, there's no other way around it. Okay, right. you cannot have, if there was a bigger set piece in, in Rogue One for like the initial two acts or like the initial like hour and change, it would not be impactful. It wouldn't. If you look at the Avengers movie, all right, the Avengers movie, which also has a very similar structure to Rogue One, yep. okay? If if it was a bigger set piece before they fought the aliens, it wouldn't have the impact of when they right. finally do fight the aliens. Mm-hmm. And this is this is what I'm talking about, why this movie... I, I do 
uh, Gareth Edwards, mm -hmm. the director. I do think this dude is the bomb. Okay, I was even rewatching Godzilla. Okay, I I'm sorry. Like I think Godzilla moves at such a cool speed. And you know what? Like I know your criticism is like, well, if it's called Godzilla, let's see Godzilla. But then again, like we all know what Godzilla looks like. Yeah, no, so, I know. Like, so can we do something else with that? And yeah. I and I thought they did. I think it builds into that that battle. And then even when Godzilla like sleeps at the end, he like, and then he goes back into the ocean. He he like sleeps overnight because he's got to like regenerate himself because he's <laughs> like mm -hmm. it's the funniest thing. It's such an animal thing to do. Right. But it's it's really like that's what Rogue One is though. Rogue One is. It's also like a defining movie in this guy's career, and easily okay mm -hmm. because it delivers and so well done. And I really do feel like this movie will have word of mouth. I think this movie is going to is going to resonate. It's going to carry, and I think it leads a lot for the Han Solo movie to measure up to. Oh yeah, okay, oh, yeah, by far. And it does. Here's Here's the other part that we were discussing earlier that maybe it should connect to episode eight. What this does now is hype episode eight up even more. Mm -hmm. Okay, because at this point I'm just like, oh my god, episode eight. Yeah. Because like you don't. It it's doesn't, a year. It's a year. Yeah. We'll have a trailer soon if you really think about it. Yeah. More than just episode eight Star Wars and, with the music cue and like actual footage. Yeah. I just that's one of the things I really, 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 really enjoyed about Rogue One was yeah. that it it had balls from the filmmaker's point of view, the writing, like the art direction, the what the studio did with it. Okay, the studio just saying we're going. It's going to be business as usual. You know, you're going to get a T-shirt. You're going to get all this stuff. Um, business as usual, done like the right way, and it, it's it's another definition of corporate movies, meaning that, like you know, these guys kind of know what they're doing, mm -hmm. and you you have to honor it. You have to kind of say thank you for caring, because this is a movie built on care. It's a oh, movie yeah. built on oh, love. Yeah. Okay. It's the only way. It's the only way that these subtle references and callbacks work if you know, and they work if you don't know. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter, okay? But it really is. And real quick, I, w I did want to answer this. Uh, I wish we talked about this earlier. But anyone that's listening, this is a real point. This is a real thing to analyze. And I think I'm just going to throw this out there. I want to hear what you have to say, and we're going to call it quite safe to that okay you we're dealing with the tarantino generation making movies now the people that grew up with reservoir dogs and pulp fiction right and the creation of like what they call the cinephile which are the the movie lover that builds the library that watches obscure movies that memorizes movies that studies the art of movies Okay, that was a little bit of what came off through the Tarantino generation was a educated base that uh, self-analyzed movies and analyzed movies, like you now like reflected and analyzed. Mm -hmm. You know, you, like it's almost like Reservoir Dogs and then Scream. Those are your your tool schools, and you know people go down both paths. Right. So within that mix, we have Kevin Smith and we have Clerks. He makes Clerks. Clerks is a part of this, like, 
emerging cinephile love of independent movie wave that's happening in the 90s. Okay. Clerks, for a generation of people that want to make movies, Mm -hmm. people who that would do anything to break into the big show. Well, Clerks kind of, their jokes have now created two movies. Yeah. The joke and criticism within Clerks created Force Awakens and created this movie. Um, and The Force Awakens that I'm referencing, right, is, um, what's his name? What's the Stormtrooper's name in Force Awakens? Finn. Finn. You know, Finn's occupation is... is it's, it's garbage, in, man. Sanitation. It's, it's in response to Clerks. Mm-hmm. This movie is in response to Clerks. You want to know the people that built the Death Star? You want to know this? You want to know more about the Death Star? Well, here you go. Yep. So that's my take. I really do feel like these people grew up paying attention. I could see that. And they kind of like, and, and it's not just Edwards, the director. I'm talking like there's other people involved in movies oh, that yeah. we all know about. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm saying there's enough of these people out there that were really struck by what happened in, in that Kevin conversation. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And now these people are the ones making movies. Yeah. And here we go. And, this is also why I think to validate episode seven, they had that big Kevin Smith visit, which was like the real big, like a little spoilery, a little please tell me the movie's good, wait, um, like press that they put out or even propaganda. Right. Okay. That mm-hmm. like he validated Force Awakens. What was going on on set? Yeah. How it looked early enough. Yep. To drive that, you know, what was it? Fifty-seven million. Yeah, I believe okay. so. Opening day. And I think that's that I believe that's a little bit more of that reason too. That's why he resonates. It's not that it's not that Kevin Smith has superior points of views and even presentation, but he's connected to the culture through a freaking joke he wrote in a for a black and white movie he made for no money filled with dick and fart jokes. Yep. Yep. And I love it. You sucked how many cocks? Yeah. <laughs> in a row? <laughs> And I think that's, I think we will leave on that note. So, Alrighty. So, I guess this is goodbye. Yeah, until next time, guys. Until next time. What, what, I was just, what I was, is, I was thinking just about thinking what, what, will be what we're going to be doing next What's time. What's going to be next time before we say next time? Uh, well, I know we have Christmas presents. So, that'll oh, be yeah, a do, short little segment. We're going to maybe, do a Christmas maybe we'll, exchange. Maybe we'll just do some games. You know what I mean? Board games? Video no, games? No, no, no. Like, um, Drinking games. But my, Would you like to get drunk before we record? Oh, we could do that. We could do that. I'll we be should. done school come Monday. So. <laughs> I think we should do that. Yeah. Well, uh, Me had, and my boss play a little game. Well, you, you haven't seen Independence Day Resurgence. I have not. Do we want to talk about that? Nah, nah, maybe we can wait for that because that's my love. I'm I'd wa- rather check it out before we talk about it. Have you seen, you seen Suicide Squad Extended Cut? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, Maybe we can go back to Suicide Squad. Okay. For a little, I don't we'll know. figure something out. Yeah. But okay. I, I feel bad. Usually we've been very disciplined in hyping up the next episode. Yeah, we we'll, don't have anything. We'll, we'll have some Christmas, Christmas fun right together. Should we? That's, yeah. Maybe we'll watch some Christmas movies. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Santa Slays with Bill Goldberg? I have not. No, I do want to. You know, I'm a huge Goldberg guy, too. Dude, that, that is Goldberg my fan. favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, you were talking about that before. Maybe we'll do that. Okay. All right.
signing off. Okay. Goodbye. Have, good, goodbye, guys. Have a good one. Be may, safe. May the force be, be with, with us all. all.